number one pick in the 2015 NBA Draft goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Saunders, did we see you doing a cartwheel in that room at one point? Was that you doing a cartwheel in the back in a keg stand? Well, I was, I was, I was excited. You know what, and I'll tell you what, I love talking to you guys. Judd Mick, I love talking to you guys. Hey, but I got a couple points of contention with your other people there at, uh, you know, at, at 1500. Yeah. Oh, fire away. Yeah. The floor okay, is yours. First of all, you're up there, guys, at 8 o'clock. You know, here, you know, we always talk about the negativity in time. Here we have something positive, and your update guys, local update, come and say, well, they got the number one pick. Those guys are going to be sorry that they might have to come to Minnesota. I'm paraphrasing it. If we but, could, you know. if we could track down that update guy and put him on the air with you right now, would you like to actually say oh, something I, to I, his face? I, well, I, you know, another guy at fifteen hundred, I'm going to really lace up is your guy Doogie, because Doogie, you know, contrary to what he believes, that there were a lot of people excited about the draft, and Doogie comes out and he says that you know, relatively, that you know, there wasn't excitement, that the ratings were like a one point four. Now, I did work at ESPN. I had some contact people. You know, his rating, ratings there and the radio are about a 1.4. So I guess he's not relative either. So, so I don't know what we're doing here. But, uh, you know, don't, hey, I was gonna tell you, don't get into a fight with someone that's got information. Yeah, I call Bruce Bernstein. I call his guys right directly. Skipper, whatever, find out what's going on. Hey, Flip, is there anyone in the local media who calls you more, though, than Doogie himself? He doesn't call me because I don't answer his calls. See, that's what it's happens. Over, See, huh? he's, he's got to wow. learn. I feel like Doogie's the guy who right, goes listen, on I one. Put a, three, four days ago, I put him on, on, on suspension. I suspended him. Put him on, put him on probation. And after today, that's, it, it's turning to indefinite probation. Yeah, he's kind of the guy. He'll go on a first that's date. It, go, it goes really well. But then he starts texting an hour later and then calls you the next day and then leaves like five voicemails. He's got to back off oh, yeah. the throttle yeah, a little yeah. bit. No question. No question. Yeah. All right. Um, but, what... you know, contrary to that, we are, we are excited. You know, good to be on with you guys. I, I do listen to you guys in the morning, so I like to, you know, and everything else. So it's, it's good to be on with you guys. Flip, what's the most confident you've ever been? Uh, any franchise you've been a part of in any role, what's the most confident you've ever been when your team has drafted a player? What's the most sure you've ever been about a draft pick? Oh, well, I mean, I was definitely sure. We were definitely sure about Garnett. Um, you know, we were, we were just hoping Garnett was going to be there at number five because both Kevin and myself, we, he was the best player. Just that, you know, since no one had uh, in 25 years had uh, had drafted a high school kid, you know, everybody else was afraid really to take him. You know, we were very confident. We were confident in Marbury. We were confident in Zerbic that they would that they were going to be you know pretty good players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when I there's no question. I was in Washington. We were extremely confident that Wall was going to be a, a good player, and he was he you know, he was a number one pick. So, um, you know, so I think those are those are probably the main guys. You know, and of course, you know, we didn't draft Wiggins, but Wiggins, and we were. Yeah, we're confident last year. I think I think one of you guys was maybe there at the press conference with Levine. Mm-hmm. You know that we thought Levine. You said, "Hey, we're going for the fences." You know, we think he's got a chance to be a home run player, not just a single double type guy. How much now, how much pressure now, Flip? Does this put on you, good or bad, to have to have this pick and now be able to make the decision on who you're going to take? Well, you know, so I was saying to some people, there are some people around the league. And some always says, well, yeah, we'd like to have the second pick. That way, you know, we don't screw up the number one pick. But uh, I said, give me the number one pick. Okay, give me an opportunity to uh, have enough confidence in our ability to evaluate the guys. 
uh, you know, not only on their on their skill level, but also on their basketball IQ, how they're going to fit in mm-hmm. with the players that we have, you know, with Wiggins, with Levine, with hopefully Garnett coming back and Rubio and, uh, you know, and some of our veteran guys and Martin. So, uh, you know, there it might be pressure, but you'd rather have that than be, right. you know, be down a ways and have, you're going to have the same pressure anyway, you know. No matter where you pick, you got to pick the right guy. You know that's the that's the number that's the number one thing. When you have the number one pick, you just have more flexibility to uh, you know to hopefully pick that right guy. More options. Hey, Flip, when that top pick came up last night, how uh, how certain are you at this point of who that player is going to be? You know, a lot of people. There's been a lot of things come out. There's been a lot of things come out from a perspective of you know that we're settled on someone. I can I can tell you right now that we are really open. You know, I've uh, all the guys I said going into the into the draft, you know, yesterday is interesting because I was pretty much at ease. And I told Glenn when they were going out there, I said, Glenn, you got no pressure because if we get number four, you know, I'm going to be happy with number four. I'll be happy with three, two, or one. So we kind of went in with the idea that really no expectations, not thinking that everything you wrote on, you know, winning the lottery or getting that number one pick. Um, So from, you know, from that perspective, like I said, we were pretty much at ease. Now, as things start going, you know, an hour before the, before the uh, the lottery, my heart rate was 59. You know, when we got into the lottery, it went up to about 69. You know, three picks later, it was at uh, it was at 85. Um, when it got to the final six players, I think I was at, at 95. It was 115 at the final three, and by the last one, because I, I had it on my watch, I, I was at 124. So I don't know if that's healthy. You know, no, that probably isn't. But, no. You know, but uh, but it shows you from a you know, from an excitement standpoint, I'm sure a lot of people are like that. You know, uh, Flip Saunders is with us here on Mackie and Judd. You know, we went through a list here uh, yesterday of the last 15 years, just looking at the number one pick and the number two pick. And it's ama- it's it's you have to go back probably to 1999 to find two star players, two guys who, at least for a five-year period, really were looked at as star players, Elton Brand and Steve Francis, and they both kind of dropped off after a few years. But almost every year, Flip, it's Kevin Durant or Greg Oden, LaMarcus Aldridge or Andrea Bargnani. Um, so how do you, if if it is sort of an either-or, well, how do you know? I think, yeah, I think there's a couple factors. Number one is that when you look at some of those, the body of work behind them weren't totally there on some of them. You know what I mean by that? When you look at uh, Barnett, he really played overseas, so he hadn't really played here. You maybe you know, and so it was, uh, you know, there there wasn't a whole total body of work to, to make that evaluation. You know, I feel that these guys have had that. You can go back down farther, and you can look at uh, you know, a situation where you had uh, Akeem Olajuwon at number one, you had Michael Jordan at number three. Right. You know? So I mean, it's it, it just it, it's it, it just matters who comes out. I will say this though, over the last for the last four or five years. You know, a lot of people use the word tanking. There's been people tank to try to get the number one pick last year and to get the number one pick this year because everyone thought that these were two years that were huge in the draft. Next year's probably not going to be as good, you know, in reality. So uh, based on that, um, uh, you know, I think there's going to be, you know, at least three guys here. They're going to be all pro-type players in this draft. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, a very heavy uh, top, you know, top-weighted draft. Uh, Chad Ford says you guys are trading Ricky Rubio this week. What's what's going on with that report? Well, well, Chad Ford. First of all, they, they took him off the set at ESPN. So I think his, uh, um, you know, based on the fact that he's changed some of his ratings over the years, you know, he he comes he comes out with ratings, and then all of a sudden the ratings are not what he said they were, and so he came back a year later and and tried to change them. So uh, hmm. so his credibility is is not you know quite there. So that's 
you know, he had something in there that, you know, there are people that talk to us about a trade that's never, that has never, ever happened. And Ricky talked to me the other day about you know, wanting to come in to, you know, to watch, you know, some of the workouts and everything else with these guys. So that's, that's totally untrue. Hey, Flip, is there, is there an offer that you could get that would cause you to uh, consider trading this pick? Yeah, I, you know, I'm never going to say never, but I'd say it would be, it'd be very difficult. And the reason I say that is because, you know, Wiggins at 19, you have Levine, you know, basically at 19 or 20. You've got Gorgie Dang at 23. You've got Muhammad at 22. Our core of our young players are in that range. You're going to bring in another guy and another, probably another pick at 31 that's going to, you know, be pretty good on your team. You know, they're all together. You like to see those guys grow, you know, together. And, uh, you know, will we win maybe as big as you want right away? You know, maybe not, but maybe. You know, I don't, you know, that's you have to see when you get them all together. But I don't right. think you want, you want to, the more, superstar potential all-star players you can have that have the same window, mm-hmm. uh, the better chance you have for your team to have a long run, you know, similar to what the you know, Oklahoma City had in, you know, in their situation with Durant and with, uh, you know, Durant and Westbrook and, and even, you know, I mean, Harden, I'm sure they look back right now and they wish that they probably hadn't been anything with Harden too, you know, from that perspective. Sure. Uh, Towns and Jalil, break them down down for me. And is there is there anything right now that separates the two of them and gives and gives one of them an advantage? You know what? They they have uh, dissimilar strengths. What I mean by that is that Okafor is probably the, the most fundamental low post player to come out since Duncan. You know, what I mean by that is he can get shots with his feet. He's got great footwork, you know, great hands, and uh, just has the ability, you know, to score. You know, I mean, he's, you know, he's one of the, led, led the country in field goal percentage, one of the top three or four over the last, you know, 15 years. So he's got phenomenal low post ability to play. Uh, you know, Towns is more of a, um, you know, maybe a stretch a little bit, you know, uh, very athletic, long, better defender, better shot blocker, better as far as in pick and roll. So they have dissimilar. So, I mean, but you've got one guy that's, you know, maybe the best low block guy in 20 years that's going to dominate, going to come in and score 18 to 20 a game, you know, get you into eight rebounds, and you got another guy that you could have a different impact. So uh, it's, it's just what's going to be the best for your team, and then uh, and not only now but also in the long run. So gun to the head right now, which one do you take? Come on, you know I'm not asking. <laughs> I know, judge, but I just wanted to try. I just wanted to try. Judges reaching his hand further in that cookie jar right now. Hey, hey, now if your if your update guy hadn't said anything, I might have answered it. I know. Kenny Olson. So hold on a second. So Dave Dave Harrigan, you do your half of the morning update team, and you're denying that you made this sarcastic comment. Well, you're putting like, this on Kenny Olson. I like to say I'm two thirds of the uh, update team flip, and I was very positive it was Kenny Olson, the traffic guy, who's normally very surly and was extra surly today. Uh, he made the comment don't put that on me it's the traffic guy. Well, i'll tell you what you guys gotta you know there are there are believe it or not there are people listening to your show well you know, we, so, well, that's a good so, thing but i can't control what he so says they, they just don't run away when the update comes on so they're gonna <laughs> listen to you a little bit so oh. you know and so when they're listening to you you, you gotta watch you know let's say i i like i said having done having done some TV and done radio with espn when i was out there I, I'm, I'm pretty much aware of what what all goes into all that so you gotta watch is there anybody it's else like Twitter before we uh, before we part ways? Is there anybody else here? Do you want to rip Royce? You got like a minute left here. If you want to rip anybody else, the floor Royce, is yours. No, right, hey, Royce is my guy. I know he, he likes to get on me and everything else, but he's my guy. Hey, we used to play cards back when I was in the at the, in the Gophers. I think he's just mad because he used to kick his butt in cards. Yeah, I bet he like, dumped money, true. didn't he? Yeah, he was a he was yeah. an ATM machine. That's probably true. Hey, flip. Yeah. Hey, flip. Uh, from a cultural standpoint, what did it mean to win win? the uh, deal last night after a team, I, I believe this was your 19th one overall. 
and you had never moved up before. But what's worse is, I, I think this is your third time that you had the worst worst record, and you didn't win it. What did it mean from a cultural standpoint for this franchise to win last night? Well, I think you know, there, there's been so much about that we've been, you know, stake bitten. You know, there's a curse and everything else. And I think what it does is that it shows hey, there's there's not. And uh, we got a lot of things going. I mean, we've uh, we had a tough year at 16. But as I, I told a quick story, I know you guys got to hit out here, but I told a quick story that when the season ended, I had to go out of town to Phoenix. And when I, the next day, and as I was going, I had 10 people come up and congratulate me. We won 16 games. I was in Detroit. We got to the conference finals, lost game seven, won 66 games. In the next for the next month, no one would speak to me. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's, everything's all based on perception. But uh, we got a good young group. We just moved into a new twenty-nine million dollar state-of-the-art practice facility. We're going to have uh, going to be redoing our arena here. You know, uh, over the next two three years. So we got we do have some things going in the right direction. I think this is just one more thing that adds to that. And so you look at where we were a year ago at this time, and we're wondering what are we going to do with Kevin Love. And so we've been able to take a bad situation and, and make it a positive and, and move on from there. Ideal world, Flip Saunders coaches for how much longer? You know, I said this. You know, I'm going to coach until I have someone I feel is uh, is, is going to be a long-term solution for us. And when I that is somebody that is uh, that we share a lot of the same values and what we're trying to do. And I mean, I'll, you know, people might understand this, but uh, this past year with four games left, we were a game behind three games that we were a game behind New York, and we lost the last three games. New York won and won two games. They went down and beat Orlando at Orlando, and they beat New- and they beat uh, Atlanta, mm-hmm. and they beat Atlanta. And so what happened is we went from a situation of being in second to all of a sudden having the the worst record, of being getting the number one seed. If they would have lost those two games today, you'd be talking about we had the fourth pick instead of the first. Yeah. Little D'Angelo Russell, so, he might look good too, though. Yeah, if he, he falls to four. He's a pretty good player. You know what? Listen, D'Angelo Russell, the Porzingis kid. You know, he might be the most talented kid in the draft, the kid from uh, Latvia that's playing over in Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moutier and Stein might be the – he's by far probably the best defensive player in the draft, can play all five positions. So, and when, there's a lot there, – like I said, there's a lot of good players in this draft. How about you shock very us and similar, take, take Frank – to the Elijah on Jordan draft. How about Frank the Tank? <laughs> Frank the Tank, number one. Why don't you shock us all? <laughs> you know, Frank's going to be – he's going to be a lottery pick. He's gonna, he'll, he'll have an opportunity. He's a, you know, like I said, he's another good player and had – you had a great career at Wisconsin, even though I can't, you know, it's tough to go with those guys that beat up on Minnesota like they did. So, uh, you know, I, I do have some loyal. I got some ruin and gold in me, too. So. Yeah, the list is That's long, very, too. Very difficult, yeah. Flip. All right, Flip, thanks Thank for coming you. on, man. Hey, now, I, you notice one thing, though. I didn't yeah. get on you guys. I like you guys. So. Well, you're welcome to. I mean, we you're, appreciate you know, that. you're welcome trying, to uh, call and take shots whenever you want to. Okay, just trying to put those update update guys on on, uh, well, on notice. So are we, we love though. you, Flip. Okay. We'll make sure so they're held we accountable. Sure. We'll make sure that they are held accountable. Thanks, Flip. Right. Bye, Flip. Talk to you. Hey, always good talking. You guys have a good one. All right, yeah, Flip Saunders, too. a president of basketball operations. Just that's. Uh, I think I feel like Dave's kind of. Pa- I feel like Dave's an accomplice well, of this. I feel like You're you guys so negative. didn't really have my back. On Is that. Dave part of the the morning update team? I guess that's my question. Do you consider yourself a teammate of Kenny Olson? Because if you do, you just sold him way down the river. Well, it's, I mean, I'm just telling you the facts of what happened. We can replay it later if you'd like to. We can get what actually happened this morning and dissect it if you want. I would sleep with one eye open tonight if Kenny was listening to that segment. <laughs> sports, sports, and more sports. 